Coming in November is the Crossroads Wayward Sisters edition. Find out the latest breaking news and speculation surrounding the newly announced spinoff series. Available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to this plus hours of additional content. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. McLeodin. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, death. Oh, death. Oh, Supernatural The Crossroads on Rain Man Digital Crossroads 003. I am your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me, as always, is Ryan Denton. Yola. And Michael Flores. Yeah, yeah. And we are back for Supernatural Season 13 premiere, and we are very, very fucking excited. I am so hard right now, I can't stand it. He's moving the table as we speak. He yeah. definitely didn't turn over a new leaf this summer. No, no. Ryan took I, a hard bow of don't change. I got a bigger leaf the cover of oh, my jeez it's no longer a thick leaf yeah it's a small it's, it's a much larger leaf it's two fig leaves <laughs> yes i went from one to two i've been taking pills <laughs> new vitality gold yep yeah yeah it's a new product we're, it's a new product that we're pushing i got it on i got it on adamandeve.com <laughs> Oh, we are talking about season thirteen, episode one, Lost and Found, directed by Phil Scrisia. I always ruin that. <laughs> Nothing Sc- has changed here, guys. There's another season yeah. of Crossroads. Phil Scrisia. Scrisia. There you go. Written by Andrew Dab. And man, did we come out of the gate swinging on this one? We we really did, dude. Dude. Okay, so right going right into it, we're we're going to touch on a few things. Then we're going to get to news. Then we're going to yeah. come right back. You know, you go you go. You start up top, you work your way down. Let, let's let's just I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a three minute blow festival of the road so far. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh, you Knew know that was coming. Dude, I, the the way they started this episode off with that road so far and and using Metallica, that song A is fucking perfect for what they were doing and what they were showing us. Um, all the scenes they chose were very well put together. Um, it great re- editing for that. Great editing. It got me so in the mood for Supernatural right off the bat. And and like you said in our in our pre kind of live show, it went right into the episode, which I yeah. thought was so good. Yeah. So so good. It was distinctly different while being very much the same, which is is a very hard thing to pull off yep. a show that's been on for thirteen years. But I think you're right. It absolutely sets the tone for season thirteen. You know, 
We've got a clean slate. Dab has spent season 12 giving us some new information, bringing back old favorites, answering some questions, clearing the board after the Amara God, you know, reveal in season 11. And now we have a whole new season with all kinds of different possibilities. Dude. And sadly, a lot of them are fucking bleak, which seems to be a Winchester staple. Dark as fuck, dude. Like Crowley is dead. Castiel is dead. Mom is gone, presumed dead. Kelly is dead. There's nobody left. All their friends and family at this point are gone except Jody. Yeah. Well, and not to mention, you know, not to mention that. Okay, so they've got everyone that's gone, and now they have a new player on the board, and it's like unprecedented power. Yeah. Not only do you get kicked in the nuts by having all these people like pulled off the board, now you've got a new piece on the board, and it's uh, for the lack of a better term, unlimited power, and it's like. Ooh, yeah okay With jack a brand new character we know next to nothing about what he's capable of where he's gonna go what his character will end up being he's incredibly naive yep and it has a great setup of how dark this season could get which for me as a big fan of kripke's original stuff and season five being my favorite season i'm i'm looking forward to it in ways that i haven't for since season 11 I'm psyched that the introduction of Jack went over so well with the fan base Yeah. because when you introduce a character in a fandom like this that is going on 13 years, very close in it, even with the actors, we're kind of snobby sometimes when it oh, comes we're to not kind of dude. We are when yeah. it comes to new faces we're like, who are you? Who the fuck are you? Yeah. Who are you? We're basically like that. That girlfriend, boyfriend who doesn't like who's kind of insecure. We're like, yeah. Listen, we don't we don't we, we don't like you around us unless we know what your intentions you are. You can't sit with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's Mean Girls? Yeah, we're yeah. Mean Girls. Stop trying to make Fetch happen, Mike. Yeah. So when you see such positivity surrounding a new face like the character or the actor that plays Jack, I'm very happy. And the potential that this now means for the show, because we all know the, the writers get rid of characters that the fans don't connect with. That's just what you should do anyway, period. Yeah. And I am just ecstatic about what this means for supernatural i'm glad that he works so well that he was charismatic he was likable those were the things i was looking for yep. when i watched this premiere is it going to go over well and well, i think that was I think the biggest concern it was and it, it just went over in such a great way with the fans it worked with the writing and what they were mm-hmm. trying to do and he dangerously came very close to capturing the castiel essence yeah, yeah the castiel well, vibe well, one of the things I was going to bring up, which to, might be a little dangerous. Watch out, Misha. It, well, <laughs> one of the things I was going to bring up is he looks like a young Misha. If you look at him and you look at his face, he looks like he's got a, similar facial Ryan, features. Not, not all but... white people look the same. OK, OK, I'm white, so I can say that. <laughs> Let's not be um, racist. OK, not all white Jesus, people look the same. Wow. Didn't take long for us to get into a we racist. Smell the same and he's raising the, the rain. Roof. What is this? 2000? Jesus. Yeah. Um, I'm, still, there. I'm trying to make raise the roof still happen, much like fetch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the th- no, the thing is, I I, I agree with you, Mike. I, yeah. I, introducing a character like this and and being you know, like the character and and the power that he has, the actor really played that. You know, I don't really know what's going on. Kind of like you said, the naive Thomas. Mm-hmm. He played that very very well and, and it's, like very believable. It's important that we like him early on because we know he's going to be a huge part of this season. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. whether he ends up being good or, or bad, bad, it he's doesn't matter. Be here all year, it doesn't matter. They set the tone, and we liked him. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think we all are. We all in agreement that we liked. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Now we also saw some good numbers with season 13's premiere. Which was nice. 
Uh, season th- 13 premiere held up well in the Nissan. Nielsen overnight ratings. You just can't say names. Thir- Doesn't no, matter. Dude, if I can't easier say not. names. Period. <laughs> uh, the long-running CW show averages about a zero point seven ratings with adults eighteen through forty-nine, which comes out to about two point one million viewers. Holler uh, down only slightly in the key demo, but even in total viewers with season twelve premiere, which was zero point eight two point one million. Uh, it's also up compared to the season twelve average of live plus same day ratings. Mm-hmm. So nice. Supernatural has a little bit of an upswing from season 12. Yeah, and this, Always good to hear. This is great because not only is it a great number to start with, but this does not include same day plus seven day ratings. And this doesn't include the the ancillary or alternative viewings like that, on the come, that come from the CW the website, app, which the is app, how I or, watch it. Or the listeners. Pirating or, even. Or, or the audiences that pirate. So this is a good solid number. I, I'm, ratings isn't everything it doesn't matter as much as it used to and in days past however it is a good measure for enthusiasm Mm -hmm. and that's the takeaway from that there's a lot of people amped to see what happens this year i think it's because of how much of a ball buster season 12 was with its finale you know it really did kick you right in the nuts we had a lot of ups and downs last season but the finale everyone was on board with and it hits you right in the heart right in the feels dude and we're gonna go into some news first like we usually do one of which the main you know tear shed moment for most people castiel uh ew entertainment weekly recently talked about everything we know about castiel when he'll return uh where he'll where he's been essentially or where he's going to be for the season 13 because there's a lot of questions about this we had a big discussion at the end of season 12, mm-hmm. our episode finale saying is even Castiel really dead? Is it the same Castiel we know? Right. And you know, it seems like it is. It, it's the one we know. He truly is gone as of right now. He got, he, he's dead. They burnt. Him. Yeah. yeah. They vadered his ass. They dude. gave him a, a hunter's funeral. He's done. He's gone. He's yes. Gone. He's, he's coming back. Dead. He is coming back. Unfortunately, we know this. Not unfortunately, he's coming back, but unfortunately, we know due to uh, social media. I could throw a 50-50 there. But the, the takeaway from that article is what Dab says, which is mm-hmm. where Castiel is. He didn't give up the goods, but he said he's not in heaven. He's not in hell. He's not in purgatory. He could be, but what else? Where else could he be? Where else could he be? We only have he, one that was alluded to. Right. So that leads me to think. Is he, has he been cast into the empty? Or is he the alternate uh, universe cast? What, 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 you die and you go to the alternate universe? No, they bring him him back by bringing the Castiel from the alternate universe. Oh, that's dumb. If they do that, (laughs) they're not going to do that. Hey man, they did bloodlines. Eh. Oh. Now, I think that is, I think it probably is the empty based on that description because we know Billy said, she was trying to get the Winchester sent there. She was the one who introduced the concept of it. She was the one who threatened us with it, and Castiel killed her. So there, so why would he not be sent there after he dies by some other Reaper? <laughs> I'm just laughing at Ryan trolling in the in the chat room. I'm not actually trolling. I'm actually being honest. Oh, Jesus Christ. I actually hope he, No, it has way more of an impact on the story if he stays dead. Well, we know he's not... We know... I know. I'm just saying that's my opinion, okay? We've had... We've held that opinion for quite some time, but I find it really interesting that Singer went that detailed with the description for a character whose return is going to be very much anticipated. Yeah. 
I uh, I want to get back to that after our first break, Ryan, because I disagree. I used to think that way, but the way they're setting it up in this premiere, oh, I'd like to I think it. it works so far. Right, but well, but we're going to get into that. Yeah, I, I definitely want to discuss that. Do we want to tell people if they haven't read it when they can expect to see Cass? Episode three, Thomas. Okay, we're just gonna yeah, we're just gonna flat it. out tell. Them. Yeah, fuck you it. you will see Castiel in episode three. Really, we're gonna play coy after every producer know, and actor right. is like, "Hey, he's coming back." Everyone read he's Entertainment Weekly's stuff at this point. Let's yeah. get real. He's at Comic Con saying he's coming back. <laughs> Thomas, let's not play coy. Here. <laughs> it's we're fun gonna, to we're, tease, Mike. Sometimes you just want to ram like it in. It, I get just it. Just the tip. Sometimes is fun, <laughs> Mike. God, why are you telling me this? You should tell the producers that. Well, never mind. I, I, want a little, a really... I want a little foreplay. All right? Okay, Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God. That, that got was dark. A, that, was anyway, a make, that was a makeup joke. Ryan just went to the same dark place. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to cast him to the empty. We know that he's coming back in episode three in some capacity, and that apparently he will be again involved by episode six in an understated reunion. I guess, yeah. So we, we have a rough idea of when he'll come back. We're not going to have to wait an entire half season, an entire season almost, like it felt like with Bobby right. in yeah, season that seven, which I think they learned from that because it does make things feel, it drags. Well, it does, especially because of today's society where we know way in advance right. when things are happening. Well, I think too, you know, we had that, um, I just completely blanked. So yeah. All right. Awesome. awesome thought, Ryan. Thank Fantastic. you, Ryan. Other news we got. Okay, so people in the chat room saying my money is on what Ryan said, and I'm dumb. However, Andrew Depp specifically said Castiel is someplace, not hell and not heaven. I just like that she said you're dumb. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just not... saying, like, you guys are arguing with the showrunner who specifically said it, Castiel's yeah, coming back. But yeah, we have a song it's a direct about quote. Depp. Like, let's, let's be honest. <laughs> he might be dumb, too. Just saying. Uh, other news we got was about the crisis event that will spin off Wayward Sisters. Now, if you guys are members of the Patreon, we are going to be talking about that show in depth yep. and what we think it needs to do, what we've found out about with the characters. But we do know that Claire is going to be directly involved, that she has, according to Robert Barron's, gone out on her own, kicked some serious ass. But then there's going to be a crisis that is going to send her back to the wayward family, Jody Mills, Alex, and a new character or two new characters, Patience and Kaya who have additional powers yeah, that we they, haven't seen They sound before. really cool, actually. Yeah, one of which is the ability to travel through dimensions. Yeah, like which dream is dimensions. unprecedented. Right? There's all kinds of talks about dreams, whether it, it has not been explained fully, the details of this character's power, but the door is blown wide the fuck open with how many different dimensions we already know exist within the realm of Supernatural. Okay, hold on real fast. I want to error check us real fast or fact checked um Ooh. in the chat room they're saying that castiel has been said to come back in episode four but this ew article I'm, I'm looking at right now specifically says well ew can reveal that fans will first see castiel in episode three of season 13 so it's probably going to be something send like us some a, articles if you guys have a other um conflicting information yeah send us tweet us don't post it in the chat room because it's hard to look at links in that cheap ass chat room that you guys love <laughs> <laughs> that, we've, <laughs> that we've provided well hey i tried to get us updated remember and everybody yeah, complained no, about did, the new technology did not work yeah. no, people they, were not they, fans they wanted the geocities chat room it's so going to be something like age, the, sex location it's oh jesus it's going to be something like a final scene shot 
in episode three, probably. Yeah, that and makes then sense. Episode yeah. four will be more of it. And then six is when he's going to have that semblance of a return in yeah. whatever capacity. Yeah, they're going to tease it. Oh, send, send us those articles. Down. They're going to just the tip it. They're going to adjust the t- Jesus God. Anyway, we know that Wayward Daughters is going to have some big crisis event, and we've talked about this on the Patreon episode, but we know that they show up throughout the first couple episodes of season 13 mm-hmm. with their big debut, essentially, being the mid-season premiere. So I think it's safe to say that they're going to be directly tied to the main story in some capacity. They have to be. And then they're going to take they're going to take their own part of that and run with it for Wayward Sisters. Yeah. But I think good that move. I mean, that, that's, how you, that's how you do a spinoff. I mean, I've said this since day one with spinoffs. You, it, the best way to get people invested is not just use characters you love and know, but also start developing their story and what's going to happen in their, you know, in the subsequent quarter of their first season or potential backdoor pilot. Start covering that that stuff, that that narrative and those story arcs. Start covering it in the actual show itself so that when you branch off, people are already invested in that story. Mm-hmm. That's the way you do it. And all some of the best spinoffs in the history of television and films has always had that in common. It's always been a buildup of story, an introduction of characters. You introduce the stakes and the would-bes and would-nots into the actual show itself. Then you branch it off. That's how you write a spinoff. And that's what yeah. they did wrong with Bloodlines, and now they're correcting and doing it the right way, according to at least according to all these articles and the information that's being leaked out. What we know so far. Got to learn by your mistakes, man. Yeah, at least they can definitely learn from their mistakes and say, hey, look, we did it wrong the first time. We're going to do this right the second time. Because if they fail, as we keep saying, if they fail the second time, um, we're not going to get another spinoff. It's, it's done. Yeah, it's, this It'll is be the last done. shot. Yep. Yeah, one shot, one opportunity. Oh, you were thinking okay. Eminem right there. Okay, Eminem. Anyway. Mom Spaghetti. A little bit of other news that is interesting, which we kind of alluded to again at the end of season 12. We know that Osric Chow, a.k.a. Kevin Tran, is going to be returning in season 13. Yeah. But however, it is not the Kevin we know of. It is going to be a different Kevin, according to Robert Singer. This has to do with the parallel dimension saying the triumphant return of Kevin will be really fun. We don't want to make the alternate world an endless parade of old characters, but it does present us with the opportunity if we can find a new interpretation on a character we like, like Bobby Singer last year, like Kevin this year, and like Michael. Now, this is something we talked about. (laughs) I knew it was coming. I was just a matter of time. This is something we talked about at the end of last year where who knows what characters could come back but we always said we wanted it to be within the realm of a way that made sense yeah not just hey you love this character they're back well we had this discussion on our patreon shows where we went into a full-on discussion on the uh, 10 minutes at the crossroads segment on uh, patreon who we wanted to come back we discussed who was coming back and then we then pitched in our ideas of who we would like to see and the first person i i i uh pointed to besides bobby was was Kevin, and it would be a fun little twist if we saw a dark version of Kevin. Obviously, totally Spider-Man three style. Uh, yeah, very emo. Yeah, that's very very sexy in a, in a very um, early uh, to late two thousands. Yeah, yeah, feel that's for sure. What I want to see. I want to see him like walking down the street, like, hair flapped over yeah, his just, eyes, like double gunning. Like, music a, a, a chick walks, chicks walk by. Yeah, uh, that's what I do. So if they go the route of a dark Kevin and introduce him as very as something very different, it'll 
it'll definitely work. And I think it'll make fans happy. I mean, Ostrich Chow is a capable actor, and I always love when producers and writers will throw something very different uh, than something that they're used to portraying on television. And if they can give Ostrich something to sink his teeth in, something very different, I think it'll be a great uh, little fan a little bit of fan service that that actually does the trick. I mean, sometimes fan service runs the you run the uh, risk of of being just that. Yeah, you, know, you absolutely uh, do. But fan I... service that just is has no meat and no real life to it. It's just there to make people applaud and and uh, give us that little semblance of nostalgia to keep people coming back. But if you can make that nostalgia actually matter to the story itself, that's when you do it right. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think a darker interpretation of Kevin, the character we know, because he was until the end, he was so much of a, you know, I just want my life to be easier. I want to go back to school. This sucks. Everything's evil. You know, Kevin had a lot of hardships. (laughs) Damn it. He had a lot of hardships and he finally kind of got it sounds douchey, but he grew up and had some balls when season eight started. I remember oh. he had part in the phrase, but he had the whole holy water guns and he was a lot more prepared and he could deal with Crowley shit more. Right. I want to see a, you know, chain smoking, angry version of Kevin in this world, because this world is so much darker than what we know. But the Bobby we've seen is far more dark and violent. I think than the Bobby we know he's this, he's this Mad Max world they're living in. They've got to be right. And I think for an actor like Osric Chow, this would be a great opportunity to do something very different than what he was given in season seven, eight, and nine. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. It's going to be cool. <laughs> I just hope they do that. Just, they, just, they play that. Somehow they find a way to where he's watching yeah. Home Alone. And it just starts screaming. <laughs> no, I think it would be cool if they introduce him and uh, Dean sees him. And, and he then his eyes melt out of Kevin his head again. And he falls down. And he passes out. <laughs> and his eyes melt out of his head again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it'd be great. (laughs) Yeah, you would think that would be great. All right, guys. Me and Dab, we're two peas in a pod. Do you want to be in that pod? Ew. (laughs) What would that? What would that ship name be? Mm. Say Dyke. (laughs) Dab and Mike. That's the most simplistic. (laughs) What'd you expect? It was Ryan who said it. (laughs) Ryan's so simple sometimes. Simple Jack. Oh, God. With that, we're going to take a... Wait, wait, hold on a second. No. no. Not with that. Hold on. I'm going to take over for a second. <laughs> what impersonation was that, right? Uh, simple Jack. That sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, it does not. <laughs> you, dude, you just think that everything sounds like... You Arnold only Schwarzenegger. have one voice. You, you, you should have won Oscar. Do yeah. Simple Jack again, please. No, I, you want me to actually do Simple Jack, or you want me no, to do that? No. no. Do what you just did. No, you think absolutely it's simple not. Jack. I will do Simple Jack. Yeah, go ahead. You m- 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 make my okay. eyes okay. rain. No. That's okay. simple, no. Jack. Yeah, All right. see? Get it right. And now you're doing it differently. But oh, now doing a minute differently? ago, you were sounding like Get Arnold that. again. No, I was not. Hey, listen, I got the tape, and I will have it ready for next <laughs> week's show. <laughs> All right, whatever. All right, with that atrocity, we're going to take a quick break, <laughs> give Ryan and Mike a minute to calm down, and then we're going to get into our discussion about Season 13, Episode 1, in just a minute. Ass butt. 
Have you missed an episode of Supernatural The Crossroads? Catch up on all our discussions. Just search Supernatural The Crossroads on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it on the RMD app. Just search Rain Man Digital from your iTunes app store or Google Play. Politic 3 program is reinstated. Open sesame! Stay true to its course and the the politically intertwined, multi-layered theme of the show Discovery, which we're going to get into that. We've already discussed it in bits and pieces uh, throughout the last two or three episodes that we've done. But it's staying true to that. The, the very name itself, Discovery, isn't there just to describe conveniently the name of the ship they're on. It has to do with a lot of things. Discovery of who you are. Discovery of the unknown. Discovery of exotic, unknown cultures. Star Trek from the Holodeck, the Discovery Edition. Breaking down, analyzing, and discussing every episode of the new hit Trek series. Search for it on iTunes and Stitcher. Simply search From the Holodeck. You can also find it on the Rain Man Digital app. Just search Rain Man Digital from the iTunes App Store or Google Play. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. You can get additional episodes of Supernatural The Crossroads if you guys head over to patreon.com slash Digital, And no matter what you do in it, you will get something additional. But you can get additional episodes of Crossroads, Supernatural. You can get additional episodes of Rain Man. You can get shirts. You can crotch get cams. Crotch cams. No, come on. Be honest. Eventually, you can get Let's not shirts. lie to people. You can get behind-the-scenes <laughs> footage. You guys can get access into the studio as we're setting up and during the show. All kinds of additional things video casts special talks with us but i think the most important thing is the supernatural side of things which is the retrospective reviews discussions theories the overall geek outs that we do for supernatural plus coming very soon thomas and ryan is the wayward daughters edition that will be exclusive to patreon subscribers full-on discussions and i think we may start that as soon as november in fact we have i think a wayward daughters discussion coming out next week Yes, we do. But it fi- officially starts, goes into full effect beginning November. And if you guys are a big fan of the Crossroads show, you can see all of the exact same show way back for Kripke's era, season one, starting all the way with episode one. Exact same show, but with video. 
No crotch cams. Yeah. That's still not a thing. Yeah, it will eventually. So head on over to patreon.com slash Rain Man Digital. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Go ahead, Andrew. Minister Kevin Swanson, who holds notoriously homophobic views, said Houston had sinned by having a very, very aggressively pro-homosexual mayor. Unless Houston repents, unless New Orleans repents, they will all likewise perish, he told his radio show. How does he get a radio show? That is the message that Lord Jesus Christ is sending right now (laughs) to America. These comments come days after Christian radio personality Rick Wiles linked Houston's progressive attitudes with the storm as well. Okay, so gay people have magical powers. They're basically Aquaman. They can control the weather and the Why sea life. Why would you want to be their friend then? Yeah, exactly. I wish I was gay. If I can have magical powers, I would go down on a dude. Like, hey, listen, go down on a dude and you can now command the weather. I'm like, All right. Sure. Point me to the nearest dick, please. <laughs> I thought I had to get bit by a spider, but apparently I had to get bit by yeah, some fashion That's Satan. my origin story. My origin story is to get plowed in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. He has to come back into play. I think the Lucifer of that world's going to kill him. You think? Oh. Boom. Oh. Oh. See, I, 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 no. You Mike need to drop. have original Lucifer be the one that I think original Lucifer with. and alternate universe Lucifer are going to be shipped really soon on Twitter. I think they're, <laughs> they're going to fuse and become ultimate Lucifer. Ultimate Lucifer on Tumblr is going to be a ship. I'm going to actually make that. Hold on. I'm going to get yeah, that can Twitter. We, can we copyright that? I'm going to get that Twitter handle right now. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to ship Lucifer with Lucifer. Alternate reality no. Lucifer with Earth One Lucifer. Can we call this Earth One? No, don't get started no, with that. Don't. Let's Come call on. this. What, what are we going to call this then? Uh, Supernatural One? Ultimate. Uh, ultimate One? Ultimate SB1. One. Espion One? Espion One World One. That is, that is a terrible thing. What is this, Mario Brothers? <laughs> I would love to see that on Tumblr. Get it started, guys. Oh, God. Send me your Lucifer fan fiction. I want to see Lucifer enter Lucifer. <laughs> very meta. It'll be very Lucy. Oh. oh. That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. Wait, which one? Which one would be the girl? Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural The Crossroads. Now we're going to be talking about Season 13, Episode 1, Lost and Found. Directed by Phil Scritchia. Hey! And written by Andrew Dabb. And this this premiere was very different than what we've gotten the last few years. Uh, you know, with the end of Season 12, we're all reeling after the loss of Mary, Castiel, Crowley, Kelly for some people. Just everything that could have gone wrong in the finale did go wrong. And yet the premiere did not do what it has done the last few years, which has been kind of a part one, part two setup where the it felt like two. it felt like it should have been two episodes. This one. Yeah, that was was distinct of season 10 uh, or 11 and 12 specifically. Right. And they didn't do that this time. They did not introduce a huge big element to the world they didn't you know have the darkness get unleashed and attack everything they didn't have the british metal letters show up well, it, it was a much more subdued premiere well essentially we start right where we left off with season 12 and i think that was 
very smart of them to not have any time passing or anything like that because we were all, like you said, still kind of in shock and reeling from what happened in the season or uh, season finale of, of 12. So for them to start right where they left off with 13 and was smart. It was very smart for well, them to do that. They've done that before. It's right. not necessarily just picking up where they left off. It's the the emotional element yeah. that they use to kind of tie it over the audience. I know some of us weren't exactly the happiest with how they left them. I mean, not not that there was any complaints. I think everybody enjoyed the season finale, but there were some little complaints here and there about the emotional element uh, in terms of in relation to Castile's death and how Dean reacted. And in retrospect, when I look back and watch that episode, I felt like it made sense. It was a, 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 kind it was of a, shock. a, a sense of shock. Yeah, That's, I think it was fine. It, it was a sense of shock, and they chose to deal with the aftermath of everything that happened mm-hmm. in this episode. And typically, the season premieres are a little hit or miss. Uh, and I'm not saying in terms of, you know, they're not an F grade by any means. But, but the first episode has been kind of weaker than the second follow-up episode. And we've said repeatedly that it felt like part one, part two. That after the second episode, we really got things going. Right. Typically, they don't hit all the emotional highs of where we left off during the previous season. There is a sense of starting over. And uh, with this, there wasn't that sense of starting over. Kind of what Ryan was saying was how they picked up right where they left off. Yes, they did. But not just in terms of story. In terms of emotion. Right. That cliffhanger was so well done for that season finale that we were left in an emotional cliffhanger and we were waiting to see what the resolve would be how would this truly affect our heroes of supernatural and that's what we got to see and a lot of times in the season premieres we don't fully delve into that because they're worrying about starting over and kind of resetting for the season and they're more focused on that new big bad that's introduced and did they introduce a new big bad in this scenario no they did not they focused on the aftermath of what we saw and see in the season 12 finale and i felt that was one of the best approaches they've taken again it's not always true we have instances like season eight uh with the falling of the angels and leading to season nine that was a very solid connection and worked really well but in terms of the emotional aspects Mm -hmm. they really hit a home run with the way they chose to start this season premiere up at a very intimate level from the start rather than working towards that and getting the audience kind of adjusted to what's going to be happening this year we already know we already know and that's exactly what we discussed during our season finale discussion that we expect to hit the ground running do you remember we said that yeah and look we hit the ground running we're not waiting for setup or story setup it's there already and look at what happens they deliver a solid intimate season premiere i think not just that they hit the ground running, but they did a great job with the catharsis of the events of season 12. Season 12 is Define all... Define catharsis. The just emotional... I'm just joking. <laughs> the emotional offloading of all the things we experienced at the yeah. end of season 12. We've lost Mary, we lost Crowley, we lost Castiel, and a lot of people felt like Dean was just not reacting the right way, but right. that was him in shock, like yep. so many of us were. Yeah. And in this way, they did a fantastic job, like you said, keeping it emotional. Because I still remember the end of season nine, you find out Dean's Dean dies and he becomes a demon. And then we jump into season 10 right. and a huge gap of time has 
jumped. They, they do it all the time. We, we don't really know where we are, where things are. Why is Sam's arm broken? Where's Dean been? It's kind of disconnected after such an emotional event yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah. This was all of that fallout occurred in this episode. We were so emotionally charged from season 12's finale that it really did last all summer. Yeah, and there's definitely a, a room for discussion, maybe a helatus episode discussion down the road. Uh, but there's definitely an argument there whether or not this might be the the best season premiere in terms of emotion. We've, I would even say during Kripke's run, yes, there are those moments that you're mm. like, you can't, hold on, bear with I'm me. Thinking. There are those moments where you're really on the the edge of your seat, right? Yeah. But you're still waiting to find out what the season is going to be about. Yes, you have those cliffhangers, and you're always waiting to watch those earlier seasons. But in terms of emotions and knowing what the road is down the bend, we kind of already understand what's going to happen. And that's a good thing because, yes, we don't know all the mysteries and what lurks in the dark, and that's good. However, yeah. we kind of understand the direction of this season already because Dab spent most of season 12 setting it up. Now, yeah. if he makes uh, throws us an entire uh, curveball and messes up the entire thing, then, you know, I'm going to go smack him. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case. We we for the most part know what the season's going to be about and there's no reason to waste any time fully understanding that. And that's something that because of the season we got, particularly the last quarter of season 12, which a lot of people agree was was the strong aspect of the season was the final quarter of season 12 because we had that and such a solid build up and such a solid season finale we were able to get going and not waste any time. I agree. I think that Kripke had two great premieres that I can think I'm of. I'm not taken away from Kripke. No, I know, but with hitting the the one that hit the emotional is season two with the death of their father. Okay, but that didn't happen until the end. I'm talking about the season premiere starts. We understand what's happening. We're dealing with the aftermath of emotions. This is, I think, the first time they've actually done that. We were more dealing with the subtleties of Dean's issues and Sam's issues and how it's going to affect later in the season. I'm talking about emotions. I'm not talking about narrative. I'm not talking about story. I'm talking about the emotional aspect, the intangible element. I felt like season 13 did something. The season 13 premiere did something that, again, I would have to go back and watch. And there is room for discussion, as I was saying. I'm not definitively speaking here. <laughs> You know, I'm not saying this is exactly how it is, but I would have to say in terms of emotion, it's one of the strongest openings. And I think this was a good example that you don't have to have bombastic premieres. You can have. <laughs> did you just say bombastic? <laughs> yes, did, look it up. It is a he word. did this last year, too. Uh, used words that confused Ryan? Yeah, I do that every episode. <laughs> that's not a confusing word. That just sounds like a shaggy song, Mr. Bombastic. Yes, we did that last year. Gee, many Christmas. Glad we're in a time loop. Thanks, guys. <laughs> anyway, well, you say weird shit. Whatever. You don't need a grandiose <laughs> of <it>. premiere. <laughs> you had that ready? Have you ever heard this song, Thomas? I'm surrounded by idiots. Dude, this was a jam back in the day, by the way. I hate both of you. To my core. Mr. Bombastic. 
I swear to God, I don't leave the time loop. I'm in my own mystery spot where these two idiots play the same joke songs. Well, stop saying the word. Come on. You don't need to have a special premiere. <laughs> How's that? Wait, hold on. Now you go, you, you. Wow. So now it's a redneck thing? Yeah. He goes I from ghetto by saying Mr. Bombastic. I have to apologize on behalf of Thomas for all you Southern listeners. Apparently, <laughs> in Thomas's world, if you have, if you live in the South and you have a Southern draw, you don't understand words. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bombastic. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. This is one of those moments where yeah, Thomas is upset. one of those moments. <laughs> this is anyway. like this is like Blue Fire. Blue Fire was just me being stupid, but Oh, this Oh, I know what moment we're in. <laughs> this, I won't say. You it. know exactly Thomas what goddamn like, moment we're in. In what world do I get made a fun of of being smart? <laughs> Not the world I live in every it's day. Ca- fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you don't need to have a whole bunch of effects and a whole bunch of amazing moments and look at all the tension. The stakes have never been higher for a premiere that is designed to be the season finale to yeah. keep us on our, the edge of our seats yeah. throughout the summer. This was a great example of the fallout and how we as the audience relate to these characters being the central element. Yep. Especially with Supernatural. Supernatural has always done great about its characters and our relationship to them and their relationships to one another. So I think that this was a perfect example to where storytelling of good characters will supersede, you know, the the big moments. And that's kind of the takeaway, Thomas. I'm I'm hoping my point is coming across. I'm not saying there weren't better season premieres. I'm not saying this was the best. I'm saying that Dab really understood that he needed to tackle the aftermath. He had already set us up and we were able to deal with it almost immediately. And I, I felt like it really worked. I think the, the, the choice of doing a low key premiere with high intimate emotion. And that was the focus. Isolated threats work sometimes far better than something grandiose at the beginning. Well, sometimes I feel like when something raw and bad happens in the show, sometimes we gloss over it. Yes. And I feel like that's, that's where you don't grow your characters. You don't grow the characters of emotion with emotionality. It's the same. I'm going to, I'm going to jump ahead here, but I do want to mention this scene. It's a scene where, where, where Dean is praying. And I think that scene right there for me, at least was one of the most emotional scenes I've seen in a long time. Maybe yeah. to, to go back to last season where Dean is talking to, to Mary yeah, in the, that, that in the dream scene. Well, that wasn't a long time. That was like well, two just, episodes. I, well, let me finish. Gee, Mike's Chris. just trolling. Yeah, tonight. he's on troll. He's on troll duty tonight. Jesus Christ, it's typically my job. Can he, I didn't say Mr. Bombastic, <laughs> so I'm okay there. No, I'm just saying like those two scenes. Yes, in the in the last couple episodes. Yes, but before that, we There's have a we big gloss. Goal. Yeah, we gloss over the the fact that these are characters. They're supposed to have human emotions. They're supposed to you know feel something. Like you know, Dean typically basically lost his best friend besides his brother, right. and it, he, he's got to be going through something. And I think this episode really showed, you know, their emotional connection to all these characters that they just, you know, will air quote lost. But it it definitely was needed. I think you're right, Mike. We don't need, you know, I don't need Michael Bay explosions in a, a, you know, a season premiere for me to go, ooh, wow, this is amazing. No, I want to see the characters actually evolve. And 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 that's a testament to the intelligent factor of the supernatural audience. Most people need those explosions and the wows. In order to watch. And yet, for some reason, this low-key season premiere managed to capture the hearts and minds of the supernatural fandom. 
because it's style, it, yeah. it's substance over style. Go and and we always love as supernatural fans, we love we love pain, we love tragedy. We do, and it's it's kind of the mainstay uh, when it ta- when it comes to the emotions of Sam it's an and Dean. Staple. One of the hardest scenes to watch is when Dean comes into the kitchen and starts binding up Castiel's body. Yeah, oh, and and that costs them nothing. Yeah, by comparison to you know any other season, pretty much. Right. And how hard that hits everybody. Yeah. Because they are going for that emotional impact. Right. They're tugging on our heartstrings the entire time because you don't need to hit us with anything more. We got hit with everything in the kitchen sink. Exactly. Now it's time to feel. And Supernatural's audience compared to many other shows out there, like you said, we're, we're a bit, you know, masochist because we like feeling that pain, but it's a huge part of Supernatural. Right. Very much. And... It kind of fits with what Dab and the rest of the producers and writers wanted to kind of get a, get across, get across, which is hopelessness. That's kind of their their general theme or spine for this season. It it's, absolutely, it's the, the sense mm-hmm. of hopelessness. There's no one left. Everyone's gone. Yeah, absolutely. And what it, are we it, it hurts. Do? Yeah, you know. Although I will say it is lessened a little bit by the fact that. The internet destroys everything these days. You can't have any mystery. You can't have any illusion to anything else anymore. The fact that we know Castiel's coming back it's is such, a bit of a disappointment. It's such a tragedy. I, I wish none of us knew. I wish we... Because imagine how much more this would hurt. A travesty or a tragedy? Travesty? Both. Both. Both, yeah. Imagine how much more this would hurt if we were all convinced this is how it happened. He's dead. Lucifer yeah. got him through the portal. That's it. Yeah, and I'm not saying I God's w- not going to help. If we knew that was the case or we believed that to be the case, the internet would be aflame. People would be in a good 12,000 times more sad. Yeah. I, I mean, not to take away from the scene. No, yeah, it, no, no, it no. meant so much and and I and it worked so well, but imagine if the surprise. Imagine if we put NDAs on these actors. And these Dude, producers. I wish we could. And writers. Imagine Shut if, if well, up. Listen, and I'm not talking bad. I have already, uh, during the summer, I got a lot of tweets and emails justifying for Misha Collins. And they were very mad at my comments when I said that Misha Collins shouldn't have said anything about him coming back. And I, I know that it was already disclosed by way of uh, Padalecki. He accidentally let it slip. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's fine. But an accident's fine. But we don't need to feed into it. That was my that was my point. I, and this isn't just supernatural. This is an issue that we see a lot on television today because there is the need for promotion and the need and the need for the actors to interact with the with the audience. It's also caused the story to lose a bit of mystery because yeah, yeah. there's that enthusiasm of promotion and getting involved and staying relevant with the with the fans. Uh, we also lose some of the mystery behind a show, and imagine the emotional impact of this story, or uh, or even the emotional impact of the entire scene, if we knew if we didn't know Castiel was coming yeah. back. Do you remember how it felt at the end of or the beginning of season seven before social media became a huge thing? Mm-hmm. And I had no idea Castiel was coming back. And when I saw him walking down the street in season seven, I got giddy and excited because yeah. I had no well, idea he was coming back. I thought the Leviathan had ended him and killed him and he was done. So there was a sense of sadness when he walked absolutely. when he walked into that water and he exploded. You were truly traumatized if you liked and cared about Castiel. 
well, do you get what I'm saying? Yes. No, no. And it, social media has kind of ruined that mysterious factor behind the characters and knowing whether or not the they're truly the dead. Yeah, it, it, it honestly, dude, and, and for all the faults that the show has, Walking Dead has done it correctly. You know, by by making sure that the that the actors don't even know. You know, like for the for for example, the whole Negan death scene. Yeah, they don't know for a week, they didn't, right? They didn't, they didn't like know a week, shit. dude. They it's like know, a week, right? Yeah, they they yeah. filmed everyone's death scene. Every person got a death scene, so nobody knew who was the one that died. And it was smart of them to do that. Then no one could leak anything. I think Game of Thrones is doing a similar thing with multiple endings. Yeah, filmed. with yeah, multiple endings for the next season, right? Yeah, the final it, season. It, it's it, it honestly would have a much higher impact. And I think yeah. we, I had talked about it earlier, and it, you know, I I know we were going to delve into it. I truly believe that Castiel coming back would have a much greater impact on if me nobody knew. If nobody fucking knew. If I had no idea he was coming back and then all of a sudden here's Castiel, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. You know, kind of like the whole like Bobby coming back last yeah. season. Holy shit, that's Bobby. Like if we'd have known, I'd have been like, uh, you know, like, yeah. okay, that wasn't really much of a it's, reveal. It's reading the last chapter. There's no suspense if you know how it's gonna yep. end yeah. ultimately. So while this did hit those emotional notes and everyone did have that resonance that sadness it has something taken away because we know it's not final yeah. we can comfort ourselves with the fact ah oh, well we know he's going to be back soon if you don't have that it hurts all the more greater emotional impact greater storytelling yeah in my eyes and i i hate the internet for that even though we're on the internet yeah right well it's just it's just one of those things man it, it, it's so anticlimactic and it, it really ruins a reveal I yeah, mean, by by doing that you're gonna see and I'm, I'm calling it out now in the next two or three years you're gonna see producers having actors go radio silent during the summertime they should and because it, it there's gonna eventually be a backlash and when it happens you're gonna see producers say guys come on you're ruining our writing we're in the writing room here trying to figure shit out every week come on you know, sound like that? Yes. They're <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay, by the way. Hey! Uh, hey! I'm right here! Hey! I'm a walk in here! Um, but you, you see it done all the time in, in other higher stakes television like The Walking Dead. And it's a far less show in terms of quality and yeah. t- when, when you compare it to Supernatural. So if they're doing it for that, they gotta do it for Supernatural. You can still promote and love your show and, and tweet about it. Without having to give up stuff or, or, or and I know it's beca- kind of comes with the territory with Supernatural because they're at conventions and they're they're being forced to talk about it. And you have press releases saying so and so is now a lead in the show and so and so is leaving. You shouldn't it's announce the that entire stuff. nature. Exactly. You shouldn't you shouldn't announce it. I, um, I don't want to know. I mean, and Surprise I, I me until after the episode. Yeah. And I think yeah. I used this this um, example last season, but I'll say it again. There was a show, there is a show on Netflix called Longmire, and one of the big characters died. And I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. One of the big, big characters died, and it was a cliffhanger. You didn't know if he really died. The entire time away, the entire summer, there was nothing from the actor. Nothing from anybody. He waited for the season premiere, and then he announced, Thank you, everybody. It's been a great ride. I appreciate the love and the support during my run on this show. He right. waited. And that's what he should do. He waited. No producers were talking about it. I know I know we're being little uh, babies right now, but I, that's how I feel about yeah. the mystery. And you can't unplug 
because unfortunately our, our job requires being involved with the internet. I, I just wish there would be more control over that. More quality control. Yeah. That's all. Just give it a shot. A little if more you, QC. I think Jared Padalecki should wear a muzzle. Is that, <laughs> is that asking too much? Wait, that's that's probably a fan fiction. And it's somewhere. very sexy as that's well. That's not yeah. a muzzle. Is it a okay. ball yeah. gag? I would say it's a gag. Two it's birds, one stone. Not only will it keep the mystery, but also it's sexy. <laughs> right? I don't know about... That's how we do it on the Rain Man. I don't know about sexy. I'm going to silence you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. That got dark. I'm writing some fan fiction. All right. Give me a so, break. Okay, Ryan. We know that the season got dark with the emotional undertones mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing and apparently michael's <laughs> new fan fiction but we also know that this is a big shift for sam and dean they're going to be more alone than they ever have been before according to dab himself this has happened once i think honestly only once before back in season seven with, with the death of castiel the death of bobby that they knew at that time it was really just them, and that's when Jody Mills showed up and was more of a character in their life, was yeah. there when she, they needed him, mm-hmm. which I think is a great way to tie in Wayward Sisters. Well, it makes, it's a great reason for her to, to come back and be a focal point in their life, at least for this season. Especially with their mother gone, it, yep. just, it makes so much sense. Yep. And we also know that a lot of hunters were killed at the end of season 12. You know, 12 had a lot of problems for a lot of us, but it also was very dark with some of the storytelling. Okay, that's a question I had, Thomas. Do you think that's how they're going to do it? The They spent a lot of season 12 kind of building on, building on the legacy of the Winchester name. Uh, they finally got their due, um, their due in terms of acceptance that they are recognized as being something far greater that right, they were important, right. that they made a difference. Winch, the hunters will follow the Winchester, And they were revered. We finally got that. That's something that I think a lot of fans wanted. They wanted they wanted them to be appreciated, and they finally were. Now, due to, or thanks to the Men of Letters, have most of those hunters been killed off? Are they, in fact, alone? Because Season 12 built up the entire idea that the, 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 the hunters like Sam and Dane. So in order for this alone factor to truly work, this means that the men of letters had a greater impact on the hunting circles within the United States. That means that would mean that they truly are one of the last hunters. I think from what we've seen with season two, way back with the the Roadhouse, mm-hmm. you know, Roadhouse, the the amount of hunters we had then and ones we've met over the years. Uh-huh. Down to what we, how many we know have been killed, and what's left now. I think it is a small, a small number of people, at least in their general vicinity, or who had ties to them. Right. There's probably other hunters out there that they're not familiar with. I mean, Sam and Dean didn't know that many right. when they started out. But can we can we say can has... we say that the yeah that the hunting circles have definitely been cut? I absolutely think you can say that. With the amount of resources that the Men of Letters had and how much free reign they had and how disorganized American hunters were, I think that's kind of alluded to in many ways. I think they really do have Jody and maybe a few others, but really... It, There's more, not a deep stock of hunters More than anymore. anything else, yeah. it's the ones that are close to them. Sam and Dean have never let a lot of people into their life because of that entire concept that everyone who gets close to us is hurt right. or yeah. dies. Yep. They really have Jody. That's it at this time. And by removing Crowley and Castiel, you have Dean's life go even more into the toilet. In season seven, we saw that he started drinking. It wasn't very heavy handed 
that alcohol tendency. Uh, I can never remember the guy's name who was like a surrogate Bobby in season seven who's just killed off screen. Uh, miscellaneous character. Mi- miscellaneous character. The kind of Bobby. Miscellaneous gambleized character, yeah. number five. <laughs> number five. I think that's what he the was. Bobby on... Ash stand in character. That's what he was titled on Frank. the on the call sheet. <laughs> Gambleized. All right, we need the uh, miscellaneous gambleized character number seven, please. Uh, uh, did you say seven or six? Uh, no, seven. Okay, so I'm on my way. I'm coming. All right, we need you. I don't know my lines, though. Okay, we're going to kill you off. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, okay. It's off screen. You know, he's off screen. We don't need him. Hold on. We're rewriting the entire scene right now on set. Well, <laughs> do you need me or not? I don't know. I'm on my way out. I, I think I'm fired after the season, so I'm just going to write whatever. <laughs> well, I'm going to go back to my trailer. Wait, I don't have a trailer. I'm an extra. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though when not only did that happen but with <laughs> that's, I, I guarantee you that's, that's how, probably a, that was a real transcript recording from uh Campbell's the set. probably listening oh, these, these guys, these guys <laughs> they, know were they on set holy shit who are these fuckers no but when Frank was killed in season 7 that was the last person they had any kind of connection to but they had a serious issue with Dean drinking it wasn't very heavy handed but I think we've seen time and again when Dean does not have people around him, that that person he can lean on. He's he's never done well alone. The second he dad's gone, he goes and finds Sam. Yeah, you know? this is why I'm leaning to the fact that this is going to be a very Dean centric season. Obviously, we've had Dab discuss and talk about sam's role but i think from uh the emotional side i think a lot of this is going to ride on dean's shoulders this year it's going to ride mean, on dean removing a mainstay like crowley and castiel yeah. from dean's life i think ultimately was a brilliant decision uh dean's always been kind of codependent yeah. and and when you remove those dependencies from his personal life he usually unravels and he already oh, he, does. he already suffers from abandonment issues. Yep. And you've taken away everything he's used to and everything he's comfortable with all at once. His mother, Crowley, and Cassie. His lover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Essentially. His Destia. two lovers. He took away his bros. His bro yeah. love. His bro love. Yeah. His, he took away his two bro loves. Yeah. And all he has left is Sam. Which, pff, who cares? Oh, come on. <laughs> Just kidding. But I'm saying that no, but you're Castiel right. relies no on that a Dean. lot. Or Dean, sorry. Dean relies on that a lot. And I, I feel like it was really smart to remove those elements for the, well, we know Crowley's indefinite, but Castiel temporarily. Yeah. And, we do, and we're not, still not even sure we're getting the, the, the Castiel back. And right. The, well, At least not in the same way. Yeah, perhaps. same way. And I think... I wouldn't mind if they Spock him. You know what I mean? Star Trek for Spock and make him not really remember his Evil past. Spock. What if they did that? Oh, jeez. No, I'm being serious. What if we get a Castillo who, does, who isn't quite who the same? Who doesn't know Sam and Dean are? They already did that a little bit with season seven. Did they? He didn't yeah. remember Wasn't for a while. kind of blocking it out? And then he was like, He's like, I can't white, escape your love. Essentially. Yeah, that's true. Erase what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm... I think it'll be terrible idea because it puts our characters in a situation they haven't been in before. I think Dab just used me as a vessel. Oh, oh wow! What? I didn't see any red smoke go in you. Oh, it wasn't red. Oh, <laughs> starts out red. What? Uh, what? Huh? You bleeding? Man? Are you? Do you need a new tampon? <laughs> what? Oh, okay, okay, stop. Yeah, anyway, that doesn't make sense at all. Dean has always been codependent, yes, and it will be interesting to see him go back into that mindset because it is a very dark place. 
And you very much get that throughout his interactions with Sam in this episode. Yeah, for sure. He has lost a lot of hope. Everyone is gone. How many times did he say that? I know they're not coming back. I've already prayed. Don't you think I tried that? It's over. It's done. We're going to sh- kill Jack, and then I'm going to drink until I you know, die. That's kind of where he's mentally at. Producer Eugenie Ross said as much that losing every ally they have is a deep will signal a deep psychological shift in Dean that has only been explored in small doses before. Fuck does she know? It's another nail in the coffin about the loss of hope. He has to come up with a reason to have a purpose. And I think that's they started to allude to that in seven, but they never really went there. Yeah. I think with television having done what it's done in the last five years. You can get away with a lot more and further explore these themes of true loss of hope, true depression in some ways. And Dean is a great surrogate for that. Sam has always been the one that, despite the darkest of times, finds a way to look at the upside. Dean is not that kind of person. No. Well, the difference the difference in the two is that Dean wears his emotions on his sleeve and Sam kind of hides his. Yeah, he and does. I, and I think, you know, we get we we see that very often with Dean. And I think, you know, you're right in season seven, they were going to go down that dark path. And I think they kind of nixed that. And I think this is good. This is good for Dean because he wears his, his emotions on his sleeve. It might help have Sam be able to help him a little bit more with that. He's he does wear his emotions on his sleeve, but he's not willing to communicate. Exactly. And and that's always a recipe for just disaster. Yeah. I mean, that's anybody who's struggled with depression. That's what it is. You have these issues that you don't talk to people about. Yeah, and we already know that Sam will be playing a more of a leadership role this season. They kind of set that tone last year, and that's something, according to Dab, they want to continue him taking the role of a leader. And to see Sam be the emotional strength this season, I think that's what we're going to see. Not just in terms of full-on leadership, but also emotional leadership of of Dean. their of Dean, I think, yeah. and this is being the time. that balancing of 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 that balance of emotion that Dean is going to need because he already he already you can see Sam's face this season already in the premiere. He knows that Dean's about Struggling. to go down that road, yeah. the road that he's been down before. Yep, yeah, and I think it's a good time for Sam to be the one to take care of Dean. Now, the older brother always took care of Sam. Always now that, yep. it's shifted to where Sam's going to have to be the one to take care of Dean. Yeah, and it's very relatable to real life. I mean, these are the types of patterns and circles we go through in our own lives. Sometimes you're the strength. Sometimes you need the strength. Yeah, any relationship. And it like makes that. sense with a series that we've now seen unfold with Sam and Dean at the center of it all for the last 13 years for things to kind of change and flip flop and. And and characters take on different roles, roles that they weren't playing before and, and roles that maybe uh, the, the complete opposite, reverse roles. It works and it makes sense to, you know, actual day to day life and, and the lives that we live every day. And I think it's a great way in which they showed how desperate Dean is, is that they show his as uh, Ryan talked about it, him praying, which was I loved that scene, not only because it was great emotion an emotional moment it showed where dean was to break down to that point to actually ask for help and from a narrative standpoint it shows us god is gone he's he's mia for once again he has abandoned people and he's not coming back to help anytime fuck chuck you would say that 
But I liked that little bit because it really does. He feels alone more than ever before. I mean, he asked for Crowley to come back. I mean, obviously, he is 100%. Like you said, I mean, he has Sam, but he is alone and he's got no one there. He's emotionally alone because he's always been able to talk to Crowley and Castiel about stuff that he's never talked to Sam Sam about. Yep. That you know that he won't talk to Sam. You know about. what? I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a a baby, but that actually hit me hard as well. When he said even Crowley, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, like it, it. It definitely made me tear up a bit because you realize how. First off, it, ma- it made me realize how much I'm I'm gonna miss Crowley because yeah. he's so good, dude. And also, it kind of gave us that little nugget that I think many of the Crowley fans needed that. And it that was, Dean cares and it him. was that he mattered, yeah, and that his death actually mattered to Dean. And in some ways, I think that's a nice little closing send off, mo- send off for Crowley because all he ever wanted was to be loved. And in yep. some weird way, uh, Dean asking for God to bring him back showed that he cared. In a weird way, he cared in his own way, and that was a great send off because it does hit you in that emotional heartstring because you too. We as the audience are Dean. We we are not getting Crowley back. We know we're getting Castiel. We're lucky that we know that in some ways. Yeah. We talked about the spoilers of mystery there, but we know we're not getting Crowley back. And we Which know it's only a matter sucks. of time for everyone else in a way, or at least that's the vibe we have going into this show that we always do because we're masochists. Yeah. But I, I really liked that scene, and it was great acting on Jensen's well, part. And oh. also, it, it, it also did a great... I, I want to say it did... It did the trick, letting us know that there's no way out. There's no get no out going to come in and there's no get out of jail. You. Yeah, there's no get out of jail free card. I, I know that was something that was kind of kind of in the back of all of our heads. Uh, yeah, Chuck can come in and save them, but Chuck is gone again. Yeah, and he's not coming to help. I'm willing to bet there's something more, something bigger at play with the fact that he didn't respond. For I don't future I, seasons. Kind yeah, of thing. I'm willing to bet there'll be some excuse because I'm sure there will be. There's got to be a reason as to why he didn't respond during their time of need after everything they went through in season 11. You can't expect for the audience to be like, "Yeah, okay, Chuck, we like you again. You came back again." No, there's, now we yeah. as the audience are going to be just as mad as Dean when Chuck does show up because there's no way the show, whenever the show does end, that God's not going to be a part of it. Yeah, we will be right there with Dean. Like, yeah, dude, where the fuck were you when i needed you which is a question so many people who have struggled with their faith have yeah. which i love that element too because it's very relatable I, I just love that the whole scene ended with a very dean fashion of him punching that sign being letting his emotions control fuck him. you chuck that exactly that too as well that was what was going through his head that's exactly yeah as he's punching that fucking sign that's what's going through my head <laughs> fuck you chuck that was not going through my head yeah maybe a little you're just hitting the drops to hit him now Come on, they gotta be relevant. <laughs> Jesus, betcha. that one might be relevant. <laughs> That's better. God, come on. No, but you're right. He does wear his emotions on his sleeve, and and Sam picked up on that. So it'll yeah. be it'll be interesting to see where he goes. And I like the darker tone that this season's taking, as far as characters and emotions, yeah, and where we're, we're going to be mentally in this entire world in this whole season. Yeah. Now, despite the the sadness that is the loss of Castiel for the moment. It did leave a big gap for a new character. Yes. Live read. You want to do that right now? Yeah. No, we're going to do it not live. Go ahead. Jump in. (laughs) 
Guys, we are doing a Wayward Daughters show where we are going to be talking about the exact same style as Crossroads, but for Wayward Daughters moving forward, starting probably in November. If you are a member of Patreon, you will be getting access to the show. And if you guys are interested in all the discussions and we will do the same kind of style show when it does come out, you can get that by subscribing, going over to patreon.com. Is it slash Rainman or Rainman Digital? I can never remember. It's patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. Rain Subscribe Digital. to the $5 tier. Ooh. It's going to be part of the podcast <laughs> tier exclusively. And you'll get additional episodes where we do all the news updates, character breakdowns, episode breakdowns when the show does air. Same exact style as we do here on Crossroads. And Ryan will still be singing. I will sing and dance. Yeah. Now, with Castiel's tragic death, or at least temporarily tragic death, it did leave the gap for Jack the Nephilim to be a main focus of the episode. And we touched on this a little bit earlier where he did a good job. A lot of fans were happy with how he was portrayed, how the actor carried the role. And it was interesting to see him be very much a, a kind of Castiel surrogate, very much reminiscent of him when he first showed up on Earth in season four. This naive, doesn't know much about the world, uh, you know, simple pleasures like candy or he found a liquor store and he drank so, it. simple Jack. <sighs> Don't. How well did that work for you last time you made that joke? I'm just saying, I just thought I'd bring it back. You said simple and Jack. And I... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Bombastic for sure. We see him... <laughs> We see him from the very beginning of his life, and we not only just his powers, but his mentality, where he's at, what he knows, and I thought they handled it very well, because they gave us ways through which we would actually ask questions like, how does he know how to say words? How, why is he a full-grown adult in ways that weren't just ham-fisted, but they also gave us insight to his character. He felt very much like Cass, and because he is... In some ways, in some ways, Castiel's adopted son, at the very least, he did feel very much like Cass way back in season four. I mean, the the, the candy scene. Mm -hmm. I like nougat. <laughs> like, it's, I learned it, that from the pizza man. That's a Castiel quote. It's a straight up Castiel line. I mean, I just said it in the chat room, but they essentially brought Castiel 1.0 back through Jack. And... Honestly, that's what we loved about the original version of Castiel was, you know, how naive he was, how, you know, he, he didn't understand things. And he that was innocence, that innocence. Yeah. And, and that quickly, <laughs> that quickly disappears. And I like the way they portrayed him because he does have that innocence that he, the, the guy, Alexander Calvert, is that right? Uh, is he's very likable in the very beginning. We have very little to go on. We all assume that he's this evil force. And yet. We like this character, which brings up all kinds of ethical, moral questions moving forward in the season. Because regardless of what happens, we're going to be upset. I think they've basically set that table right away. If he is a truly good person, but because of his powers, whether they're uncontrollable or whether he will always be hunted throughout his life, you have that notion that maybe he must die for the good of everyone else the whole spock the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few if you're bringing on a character like jack and you're gonna make him be a mainstay for the season you're gonna need to make him relevant and matter to the audience and i think that's one thing that they managed to do 
um, pretty effectively from the get-go. Um, yes, the hopelessness aspect was definitely the focus of the episode, but for those people who need that tangible, that tangible obstacle, that's where Nephilim Jack came into play. And despite all of what we see Sam and Dean go through, Jack's kind of also being built up at the same time because he's going to kind of be the the path that we take this show to explore the hopelessness narrative. Moral questions. Correct. And it allowed us to care about Jack, which is going to be important because you said it's uh, whatever happens. We're going to be upset. We're going to be upset because whatever the writers have in store, they're making us like Jack for a reason. Yes, now, exactly. Whatever so happens, if, if he comes, <laughs> yeah. if he becomes bad, then we witness a tragic Anakin esque downward spiral of someone we like or even relate to. If he stays good, but he still must die, we deal with the ethical question that opposes. So either direction we go, we're screwed. It, and it makes for a very fantastic journey and story this season. And we continue the exploration of the ethical questions. I have a feeling that he's going to be a character that kind of struggles with the darkness because, unfortunately, he's genetically um, connected to Lucifer. So that's going to have some relevance and some bearing on who he becomes. I think he's going to end up being a tragic character. He's a little too similar to Misha and Castiel, so I don't see him staying long. I don't see him staying long, but I think... I mean, obviously this season, but I I don't imagine him being a permanent fixture. So whatever happens... It's going to hurt, and it's going to hurt Sam, and it may even end up hurting Dean. Who knows? But the way they introduced his character and really made us care about him and like him makes me worried about what we're going to see later. Well, to to go off your, you know, him not staying for for very long. The thing is, he's he's he would have to be nerfed even worse than Castiel. I mean, let's be completely honest; he's way too powerful. To be a piece on the board, you know, or a fixture season if they do season after this and after that and after that. There's no way you can even have him on the board unless he gets his powers just completely nerfed. There's no way. You just can't do it. It's like the Which same. Which then brings up the question, do you, do even, you even bother keep, keeping yeah, him around? You, exactly. That's the problem. And it's like, you know, with this character, you're right. They're making us like him because it's going to be tragic. And with and, that element of lucifer being part of his genetic makeup there's a good chance that lucifer's viewpoints will transfer over to jack i could see that we don't know how you know angel genealogy works first of all but i could see he is so innocent right now so he is likable and and there is good in him but like anybody there could be that there is that uh, capacity for evil yeah and him experiencing and seeing the world and how much garbage there is, and all the terrible things that have happened, and the terrible things that people, including Sam and Dean, have done. He's going to go through his own moral and ethical journey, and with somebody as damaged as Dean right now, being so close, so influential on his life in these early stages, it's very possible that Jack himself will go down the same dark path that people can easily go down when you look at the world around you. And he does have something going for him in terms of the possibility that he may or in relation to the, the fact that he may or may not go down a dark path. And that's the his connection and bond that he has with his mother, which I liked that. Yeah, it, it was it wasn't in your face, but it was subtle. The uh, 
the the connection that a mother has with their child and the fact that his mother can have that great of an impact on who he becomes to the point where he can choose to be born at a certain age so that he can protect himself because his mother spoke to him telling him that he needs to grow up and and be ready to face the dangers of this world that's going to be something that's also going to help balance any potential influence that lucifer may have on him he's going to have that balance from his mother and it's very i love the poetic connection between him and sam in a lot of ways that's sam he has the 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 good side of him that Mm -hmm. is the winchester campbell bloodline but then he also has something that inside of him that could go disastrous disastrously wrong for the entire world and the fact that they're bringing back to that type of element to the forefront, that type of symbolism back to the forefront, and they're now utilizing another character in the same way, it fits to the themes of Supernatural. And I think that's another connection that kind of went overlooked a bit, and yet it was definitely there. I agree. And I think the idea of bringing in a character who could easily go down one of two routes while Sam and Dean themselves are basically on those same sides sam is very you know positive upbeat despite his destiny and nature he was always i'm gonna find a way out of this i'm not gonna do it and dean is very much we love him but he is a defeatist in a lot of ways things are bad they're always gonna be bad fine defeatist somebody who's always gives up doesn't think there's any way out uh is that the opposite of a fetus (laughs) i'm just wondering he's a fighter but he doesn't assume that anything will go right and Sam is the opposite of that. And Jack is caught in the middle, and he could go either way. And I think it's it's a nice parallel to where Sam was in season five to have the son of Lucifer now yep. be in a very similar position. Yeah. And I, I love that Sam was the one who asked that question, because that is something Sam would ask. And it's something that we as the audience were curious about, is how the fuck are you a fully speaking, fluent English speaking 20-something-year-old, you know? And him just asking that question worked, but it also gave us a huge insight to his powers. Yeah. His mom talked to him as a fetus, and he's like, well, I got to just have the power to become a fully functioning adult <laughs> and learn English overnight. Yeah. Like, he, his powers are nearly limitless. We know from this episode that he can't be killed by the angel blade, which could kill almost anything. Yeah. There's only a few things that, that were immune to that yeah such as eve uh i mean angel blades could take out archangels which or at least lucifers could right which we know he had a more powerful the one, right? cult couldn't take him out right so there's a power scale there but he he walked that off without an issue dude he got stabbed right in the right heart in the and was just like fucking <laughs> heart and, he, and it, it was like a scratch not even a scratch would have hurt more and just to backtrack a bit, Thomas, um, you mentioned that Sam's the one who spoke to him and kind of asked those questions that were needed. It was a great use of exposition. Usually exposition goes terribly wrong. Yeah, that was very well done. But it was done well because it makes a lot of sense. But also it creates that connection between Sam and Jack that we're definitely going to see throughout the season. And I'm hoping that Sam draws the connections and the contrast between the two of them. I mean, how many times has someone viewed him as evil in earlier in the first five seasons of Supernatural? Absolutely, Something that they could understand and they defined instantly as evil. And that's something that Sam definitely can understand and connect. You don't want to you don't want to simply judge 
Jack because of how he was born or who his parents are. He wants his to give blood. Right. He wants Which to give him a chance, a chance to prove who he is and what he can become, much like Sam was given that chance through Dean. And in some ways, I see Sam becoming to Jack like Dean was to Sam, that you know, there's a way that he can be good, that you got to protect him. And Dean is so far gone at this point and will continue to be that I think he might, with his determination to kill Jack, Sam stepping in the way will have Dean finally have that self-reflection where Sam's doing for Jack what I did for him years ago. Am I just the same hunter who has no moral compass anymore? Am I that far gone? Is there a way back from this? I, I think season 13, if they're smart about how they do that, will ask a lot of moral questions that, you know, like I said, television has kind of upped its game lately. Supernatural has always, in my opinion, been ahead of the curve way back in 2005 through 2009. But I think now we'll get into some really interesting stuff, some stuff that everybody constantly asks and has questions about to this day. So we'll see what happens with that. But we do know that Jack isn't completely immune to everything. We, we got a little bit of show don't tell too much in this episode where we see that he isn't, can't be killed by the angel blade somehow but he is wounded by angel radio it hurts his head it makes his powers not function properly it makes him it causes him physical pain yeah i kind of got the superman vibe that he has to accolade himself to his atmosphere or his surroundings like uh, that's kind of what i got from it the fact that he's kind of sensitive to things that he's not used to yet like daredevil in his hearing in the yeah. beginning yeah it's like he needs to get adjusted something that he's never you know experienced before I, i'm assuming eventually he's going to be able to adjust there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to listen to uh, um, angel, radio. angel radio right i mean this wasn't wasn't an issue with previous nephilim that we uh that we encountered so at, be, at least we didn't see it but i would think that it would have an issue as well it could be just an allusion to the fact that he is a newborn child sensitivity to light or overstimulation or or anything really i mean he's only had interactions with the real world and yeah. people on earth talking to him angel radio is a completely different thing it's it's otherworldly yeah so maybe that has a different effect maybe his human dna isn't compatible with that yeah and that'll be the big hindrance for him Regardless, it was an effective handicap from a writing standpoint. It was a good way not to make him all powerful and defeat everybody yeah. around them. It, it was a good way to make him vulnerable. I agree. I, I think I'm interested to see what will happen with that because I liked how violent the angels were in this episode as well. Yeah. They felt old school. super it old school. It felt very old school. I was like, Dickheads. holy shit. These are the guys who were working with Castiel and Uriel in season four. Yeah. Where were they at last year? Dude. Not nowhere to out. fucking be seen. Yeah. You know, I'm glad to see they, you know, put the, they have their fangs back in some ways. And I know through the alternate dimension, we're going to see darker versions of demons. I think this whole season is going to be darker, more violent, grittier, asking serious moral questions. And I'm excited for that. But while it is fun to see where the angels go, there's only one angel we really want to know about, and that's Castiel. And we know he's coming back so that does beg the question where is he we know that they've been talking about the empty 
or or uh, Robert Singer talked about that might be where he is. Is that him being sent there a direct result of him killing Billy the Reaper? Was that the cosmic consequence that whoever breaks this deal will be sent there? Are they going to finally come up and and answer that question? Because while twelve season twelve had some issues, there was also a lot of answering questions like what happened to the cult, the alphas. You know, we had elements that were finally given some history on the empty was talked about but we never saw anything with is this the cosmic consequences is he trapped there how will he even get out i i'm really curious as to how they explain what happened to him why did he go somewhere else or is this where all angels go when they die is there a separate you know purgatories for monsters heaven and hells for humans but there's been a lot of dead angels what happens to them Definitely an interesting question. Yeah. We also have Mary Winchester and Lucifer at the very end of the episode as the little teaser. That was that was one thing that I was really, I was like, ooh, are they going to show what's going on over there? Are they going to leave us kind of hanging for maybe the next episode or whatever? But I'm glad they showed that because I was thinking it. Like, towards the end, I'm like, I hope we get something here, you know, to show us what's going on in the alternate dimension. So that's interesting because, you know, Reality. You're, yeah, you're thinking, okay, well, Obviously, Lucifer is going to kill Mary, and then it's not what you think. Well, I, I I liked how he didn't kill him because Lucifer, while he is violent and vengeful and rage-filled, he's also very smart. So I like to see what his plan is. We know from news over the summer that Michael is going to be involved. Is he going to use Mary as a bargaining chip for some kind of different reality situation? Is she as important in this dimension as the Winchesters and Campbells were in the previous one, where they were part of Destiny that Michael and Lucifer knew about them? It, it may be as simple as the fact that Lucifer knows that Sam and Dean will do anything to rescue her, and he wants right. to be nearby so he can cross on over. Right. Is he, Who if knows? He, if he keeps her alive, he has a chip that they will f- make a mistake for. Right. If he kills her, then that's just it. There's no advantage to that. He's smarter than that. But I, either way, it's not going to be good for her. Maybe. I think they're going to fall in love. But yeah, that's the new. She already hooked up with Catch, so now it's on to Lucifer. Yeah, I have a Jack Sam baby. A ne- another Nephilim? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys have another brother. Oh, God. His name's not Adam, though. Why does he? Why does I don't Mary, know why Mary's all of a sudden grunting and violent. Why, why is Mary with a, a trucker voice? Why, yeah, why is Mary a drunk trucker? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She she's been hardened by the other. The other know, side's really fucking it's dark. A, it's really rough. Everyone over here. I got smokes a raspy over here. Voice and starts yeah. smoking yeah. cigarettes. Suddenly she she smokes like two packs of menthol <laughs> she's a day. Like, hey guys, I'm back. <laughs> what? He's trying to do the robot voice. The robot. It just sounds like he's a fucking oompa loompa. <laughs> you Jesus are the worst, Christ. dude. <laughs> voices. Go to a voice coach if you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's more fun if I don't. <laughs> I want to know what love is. That's a great voice. You guys can't hate on that one. That one's pretty good. Oh, All my right. God. We're going to take a... You're so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're going to take a quick break, not, not and then we're going to get into some of the filmmaking aspects of the episode, our final thoughts and uh, uh, previews for next episode. God, Ryan's throwing me off. We're taking a break. <laughs> The Crossroads Videocast is here. 
retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek outs. Plus, a Wayward Daughters edition, all available when you pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon account. Same show, just more of it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. This is Star Wars from the Bucket Tank Exclusive. How do you feel about seeing a fight scene in a Star Wars movie that has nothing to do with Jedi and it's between Finn and Captain Phasma? Do you think that's a good call? I think it is because, like, here's the thing we have to understand that they're trying to actually uh, promote that the universe is larger than what we thought. Right. When everyone was like saying, oh, why is, why is Finn allowed to use a lightsaber? I'm like, like, why can't he use a lightsaber? It's a tool. Yeah, but it's also a Jedi weapon. It's sacred. It's, and if it he's is not, sacred. And if he's not a Jedi, he shouldn't be wielding it. That's how I feel as a Star but Wars nerd. He can still activate it, and he can swing it like a bat. Yeah, guess what? I can also activate my dick and swing <laughs> at it like a bat. It doesn't mean <laughs> I'm going to go into battle with it. Exactly. <laughs> details and get ready for an excitingly good time also if you've missed our last show you can also find us on your stitcher app search back to tank that is to your favorites thank you and we will see you very soon Welcome back to Supernatural The Crossroads. Last little bit here, we're going to talk about the visual effects, which not just the title card, which we all love seeing what the new title card's going to be, and I was very happy with it. I thought that looked pretty fucking cool. One of my favorites. Yeah. An instant win for me. Very memorable, too. Yeah, and that's something that I think Supernatural has always done pretty consistently. Consistently is is the title card, And, and whether or not you are on board with the story for the season... I feel like the title cards are always such a it's such it's always something that a lot of the fans are looking forward to singing because there's also if you know what to look for there's clues to oh, yeah. what we may see later down the road in the season and that's that's the 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 funnest part of those title cards for me. I I just love the Sauron feel it had yeah, to it super cool the all watching eye. So is that going to play a part in the story somehow? Is it just because his eyes are golden? Is there going to be a watching all eye is seeing Sauron aspect? Is there a dark side to his powers that we're not privy to yet? Yeah, I mean, we already know that he can see things, right? Potential futures. He can also show you visions, as we saw. That was, uh, I guess, a portion of his power when he was inside his mom's womb. Yeah, he knows things that he didn't actually see. He knows how they happened. Right. So is that title card showing us something? Are they playing homage to Sauron for a specific reason? Who knows? I I liked it either way. I thought it looked cool. They're going to have to take the ring to Mordor. (laughs) It's just what's going to happen, dude. The the impossible journey? Yeah. Absolutely. Duh. Sam actually becomes Samwise? (laughs) (laughs) Dean's Frodo, depressed and angry. (laughs) Oh, my God. Let me hold your burden, Frodo. Who's (laughs) Smeagol? Oh, that's Jack. That's easy. <laughs> we also got to see Jack's powers in action. Very much talked about all throughout season 12. It's it's this weird slow motion 
golden force power that seems far more powerful than anything we've experienced before. Demons and angels have the ability to throw people around with telekinesis, but I don't think anybody's we haven't actually seen stop time kind of thing. And we actually haven't seen the power. Like this is actually something visual. Yes. That we see. And um I like it so far. I think it works. It's different. Uh and that's kind of the first thing I thought about and I don't uh I don't uh envy the visual effects oh, God, no. crew and, and the ideas they have to constantly come up with after 13 years. How do we come up with a power that's never <laughs> been seen in Supernatural? That, that we can it, do repeatedly. It, it just gets harder and harder. Cost effective. The overall rendering of the visual effects was spot on. I felt like it was, it was a good call to go to, uh, giving us a little bit of an overcrank reaction or, or I guess, uh, what is it, uh, reaction to the... What's the word I'm looking for here? We don't know. I can't read your mind. The slow motion. Effect? You don't can't. You're not Jack. You don't have Jack powers. I don't have Jack powers. No. I have Jack off powers. Oh. That's different. <laughs> Can you come here and touch me? Uh, and maybe, uh, maybe, uh, well, maybe suddenly I'll have that power as well, and I'll be able to see what I'm trying to say. Okay. No, but visually, I think it worked. It's yeah. something we haven't really seen before, and that's always the that's always that's always the the hard the, part yeah and it's a silver lining to new visual effect shots right that we see it's like is this something we've seen before or not and i, th- I felt like it worked not just that i think that for me while the jack powers were cool jack powers i'm not gonna say the other way come Ryan on calls just them. say it it's a jack off power well, the jack it, it off is powers. jack off power because he he kind of <laughs> repels people off, off of, him. of me yeah get off me as i jack you off no it's jack off Jack off me. <laughs> no. Yeah. Wait, Jack Mehoff? I'm so confused right Anyway. Now. What if they give him that name because he becomes part of the crew and he's like, has to pretend he's an FBI agent as well? Hello, my name is Jack Mehoff. Yeah. Mehoff. Jack. <laughs> that would be can, amazing. I wonder if they can get away I with that on die, television. Dude, I would pee my pants laughing. Yeah. That is a joke made oh, for me. God. Yeah. Yeah. That's a joke you wrote <laughs> right here that with be, Mike. I, if you're listening... <laughs> guys write jack me off into the write that as a thing and i at least one person will pee their pants yeah forget butt shake i mean that's not funny yeah no jack me off yeah that's that, so much more that's clever gold yeah <laughs> very witty and original yeah it's never been done before nope. anyway the part that i was more interested in was seeing more of the alternate reality just because this is a completely alien environment with new monsters new characters new new old faces we haven't seen before i'm i'm glad we got to see a little bit of that in this episode it was only a couple of minutes yeah. and i can t- completely understand with how much that has to cost right just for set setup color grade the whole works oh that's dude i'm with you man i i'm so psyched to see what that alternate yeah, reality looks I, like. that i am super fucking excited for i mean i've been following adam's tweets religiously during summer during helatus to see yeah. you know, see what he's talking about in terms of what they're looking for in terms of sets and i could just I, just by his tweets and and the you tech and the tech scouts that he's uh, tweeting out yeah I, there's gonna be some big moments this oh, yeah. season it's gonna be fun yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that oh yeah so uh before we get into our final thoughts on the update or the upcoming episode we're gonna take a couple messages from fans their feedback on the episode uh cheryl peterson says i cannot wait I cannot wait to hear your live show for the first time. Just discovered the podcast and listened to all of them while driving Uber. Holy crap. Jesus, nice. God. Thank you. Please wash <laughs> your ears. Yeah, I'm sorry for how stupid I am. The, the horrible things you had to have heard all in one sitting. God. It's well, awful. Sittings. 
Uh, helped me get through the last month of Helatus. The opening scene scared the crap out of me more than any scene before. And then the title card. I was screaming at uh, at the whole thing, and my daughter was like, what the fuck? Sounds like a listener language for our show. Right. I don't know why it affected me so. Been worrying all summer about Mary stuck with Lucifer in an alternate universe, then forgot about all about her when they show when the show started. The whole episode seemed very surreal, maybe because I had to watch on my phone. Were they filming differently? Uh, but, uh, oh my Chuck Dean's prayer! Wow. I I I think we kind of touched on this. What made this episode feel so much different, honestly, was the emotional tone everything had. We ourselves were Dean going through the emotional. Did that just happen? How are we just driving down the road right now? Cass is dead in in the ditch back there. Like that fallout for the characters really hit us. And I think, Mike, you're right with what you said earlier in this episode. That's a very new thing for Supernatural to go a complete episode, all that, all in on the emotional feedback. So, uh, Don, uh, Jesus, Donna, I, I apologize right away. Phanef? I don't know. P H A N. E-U-F. I apologize. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm, I, I didn't even see this. I need phonetics. I even... <laughs> God, this is amazing. She says, Dean's plea for plea for Cass would have held more weight for me if I didn't know about his return in some form. I like that Dean also had asked for Crowley back. I liked Jack, but I trust Dean, so he has to go. I wanted to make note of her comment because it's exactly what we said with knowing that people are coming back from the news interviews, from producers, from everyone wanting to know some tidbit before we get to the show as she said as we've said does take away from it in some way i i do wish we could have some sort of you know non-disclosure agreement or muzzles or muzzles you know helatus muzzles gag helatus muzzles those aren't it's not a muzzle if it's a ball in your mouth that's a different thing that's a gag right yeah 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 i'm into those (laughs) That might be sexy as well. Just it says, you know. All right, everybody. It's Helatus. Come here and get your ball gag. Get your ball gag free for everyone. You guys don't know how to keep your nasty little potty mouths closed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So here's a gag. Uh, do you what have a, character do you is have that, a that you're doing right do you now? Have a I don't prop know. Too? Like Michael Flores, you know, sex toy seller. Sex toy. <laughs> wow. Talk about exposition. <laughs> Hello, Michael Flores, sex toy seller. There's a colon. That's not his full name. Hey guys, wait, wait, his hey colon. Guys, how can we get these actors to shut the fuck up? <laughs> hey, uh, have you seen? I, I got an idea. I think, I think we should shove my panties down their mouths. Have you heard of Supernatural the Crossroads? They have a ball gag. That's a good idea. We could buy a lot of those. Yeah. We'll just sell it to the to the cast. <laughs> how about me? Uh, shut up, Jensen. Here's how a can ball I gag. Shut up. How can I quit, quit talking about the, what I'm going to do? <laughs> Uh, I'm just joking. I love everyone. (laughs) And ball gags. Yeah, they're great. Well, let's invest in ball gags. (laughs) You know what? I think that's going to be a word douche on it. I think that's going to be a Patreon gift. There we go. How deep? Valentine's Day is coming up. A wayward douche ball gag and chain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) We need to make that happen. Yeah. That is really weird. Uh, Ashley Frank says, overall, I love the episode. My heart broke about a hundred times. Yeah. The first time we saw Jack's powers was a little weird for me. Not sure if it was the duration of the shot or the fact that I had no idea what to expect. Uh, But when it's shown later in the episode, I did not have the same what the fuck feeling. I think it was very different. I think it was intentional to be like, 
you are supposed to be sitting there watching and saying, holy shit. It was shit, jarring. What? We don't see things like that. Anytime someone is tossed around the room, they're just simply tossed around the room using possibly, you know, some wires. And it's very simplistic. This was very different. This was wires, an overcranked camera, and then they finessed it with some visual, visual effects. effects. So yeah. it was something, it was layered. It was a, lay- a layered technique. And usually... Te- they don't do things like that. Well, it yet. takes forever. Yeah, so it was jarring, and it was different. I agree with her. I agree with uh, Ashley Frank 100%. It was kind of a what-the-fuck moment. It's like, whoa, that's different. Absolutely. Uh, she also goes on to say, I'm not sure why they bothered with Dean's dream sequence that followed. It seemed unnecessary to me, but I thought the episode was great. On your rating scale, I'd give it an A minus B plus. What dream sequence? When Dean gets knocked out by Jack, he has a flashback to Mary going up against Lucifer, but instead of punching him, he lights her on fire. She loses the fight. Oh, yeah. And I think that was simply to show where Dean is at mentally. As yeah, he's, Sam, wor- he's worrying about his mother. Sam was saying, maybe mom's still alive. Maybe there's a chance. This dream sequence shows that Dean is convinced she's dead. Yeah, She died immediately the second she went through that portal. There's no one left. There is no hope. I think that's just a visual cue for where he's at yep. mentally. Yep, that's exactly what it was for. I agree. Uh, yeah, I did feel bad for Mary that they burned her again on a roof. But I mean, hey, <laughs> that's her that's her. I mean, that's her she thing, gotta, man. She got to stay away from fire yeah i did I laugh it, though i looked at maggie i'm like oh, they just did it again to her this poor woman constantly getting burned they're like hey so remember that thing you did in the season one you're gonna do it again how do you feel about being set on fire <laughs> again with you a weird alaska with a weird twisted leg you cool with that <laughs> cool. Yeah, why not uh one last one here joanne i apologize if i ruin your name gaither said one of the reasons i like listening to you guys is you cover things from a different perspective than strictly as a fan I usually don't notice things you do, be, uh, the the things you do, because I guess I'm just fixated on the other things. I enjoyed the premiere and kept hoping that there would be some last minute reprieve when preparing to burn Castiel's body or vessel. Dean's face looks so defeated in those last scenes, heart wrenching. So I thought Alexander Calvert did a good job as a uh, great job as Jack. A couple of times it sounded like Sam called him Jake, but that must have been my <laughs> old age hearing. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to it when to where this goes and how Jack develops. I've been a little torn recently, feeling like this is going to be more same old stuff, but I did like the episode last night. And I'd like to hear our thoughts. You know, I think this is going to be a much darker season. I think that I think you know what that's Thomas... why we did actually burn Castiel's body. Yeah. This this season's premiere is very much about the tone for this season being you sometimes you lose. Sometimes you're not we, always had, win, yeah. We've had some kind of, you could argue, deus ex machina where God himself shows up to stop the darkness. And, you know, despite the numerous resources. Sorry. <laughs> that was a mistake. Despite. <laughs> <laughs> he's showing up right here. Uh, despite the numerous resources that the British Mental Letters had, a, a motley crew of five guys you know, take them out and send them packing. Yeah. This episode, the the season finale of season 12 is very much supposed to kick our heroes down and, and right. see them in a different light, see them without help, without allies. And I think that's where this is going. So while I can see some of the idea that it'll be kind of the same thing we've seen before, I mean, it's supernatural. It's never going to be distinctly different. 
to, to a dramatic degree, but I think we are going in a much different tone than we have for the last few years. This is setting up to be what I feel like season 10 was alluding to with yeah. a demon Dean and a darker story. I, I think we're actually getting it now. Yeah. Yeah. And overall, the motif of supernatural is always going to maintain what it started as. It's going to yeah. be supernatural. It's going to have similar themes and, and whatnot. However, it's the way you get there. How are you going to connect A to B to C to D? That's what you can do differently. You can hit yeah. different emotional highs, different emotional and lows. lows. That's how you do it. That's how you maintain the relevancy to the story and keep people interested. Because as I said earlier in the show, I mean, we're, we're on 13 seasons, and yet you can get people emotionally invested within the opening 10 minutes. Yeah. That, that's, there's something there. Absolutely. There's something there. And, and yes, there's going to be certain elements that we see again. And that's in a lot of ways, that's life. But I think we can always count on Supernatural and the writers in that room. Uh, they always make the, for the most part, they make the, uh, a good call in, in what we're going to see and how we're going to get there. And it's not so much how the story is told from A to B as it is how our characters react. That's why we've stuck around for as long exactly. as we have. It's all about Sam and Dean. And as long as the story revolves around them and we still Stick to that. and we still care about as them. As long as we care. It's it's always gonna work. It's always gonna work. So with that, guys, I think it's time for us to do our own final thoughts. Ryan, Ooh. I'm gonna come to you. What did you think of the episode? What's your overall grade? For the oh, season thirteen premiere. Man, um where do I start? Um this I think we'd already talked about it a little bit, obviously, this entire episode, but I definitely really liked this opening. I thought it was very, it was nice to see the emotions. It was nice to see, you know, where we left off. I know we've done that a couple of times, but this one was, was, was well done in the fact that I felt the pacing of the entire episode w was really well done. I, I even mentioned it in our, in our group chat that we have, um, that I thought typically I'm not a huge flashback fan or time jumps or anything like that. But the way they did it in this episode, you know, the one that I that stood out the most was me, you know, with Dean's hand, you know, what, ha what happened to, to your hand? And then they did a flashback showing the the praying scene, which was probably one of the most powerful scenes in this episode for me. Um, I really like Carver came back and directed that. Did scene. he just come back and was like, oh, do this flashback? Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just I felt like that that entire scene there was was a culmination of a lot of things with Dean. Um, and seeing him, you know, and, and we had discussed it talking about Crowley saying, say, Hey, bring back even Crowley. Like just everything about that was incredibly heavy to me. Um, the, I, I immediately like Jack. Um, and I agree with everyone. I think they're bringing Jack in to really, uh, kind of build him up where we start to like him and then it's all going to crash and burn. I think at least that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited to see where this season goes. I think um, this was a nice somber episode and, and not a, like I said, a Michael Bay explosion fest, you know, to get us, you know, we don't need that. We need to see the characters reeling from the effects that just happened in the last season. And I think it's important for us, for characters and everything for that to happen. So I did really much, very appreciate this episode and how they did it. Um, as far as grades go, Honestly, man, this I I really truly believe this is one of the better season premieres that we've had in a while, um, and I really did like it. I, I, I even Mike and I, Mike and I were talking about how we it just it, it felt different, and yeah. it was it was a good different, and I think that's what I really liked about it. So I'm going to give it an A. It was an A for me. All right, Mike. Final thoughts. Well, you know, thirteen seasons, right? Yeah, thirteen years, and you sit and you 
wonder and you scribble, I'm sure as a writer, wondering how you're going to do this. How are you going to do this? How are you going to jumpstart the season and make it matter, make it feel different? And, um, you know, as Ryan just said, some of the Supernatural premieres are a bit hit or miss. Yeah, and, yeah they um, have been. And, and not that they're bad, but sometimes they don't fully hit all the emotional highs of that we're looking for. Right. Particularly when you connect them to what we saw in the season finales. Uh, there's a sense of starting over, as I was saying earlier in the show. Not always, but sometimes. And I think this season premiere didn't have that sense of starting over. It wasn't a reset. We kind of worked through all that in season 12. Unfortunately, I think that's why season 12 struggled a bit when it comes to the story. Because, again, I'm going to harken back to our discussions last year where we specifically laid out Dab's plan. And yeah. his plan was to use season 12 as a reboot. And if you look at his plan of action, particularly the last quarter of season 12, it really worked to get things rolling for season 13. Maybe in retrospect, there could have been other ways he could have done that and had the same effect. But despite all that, the decisions he made last year made for a good season premiere. We didn't need to sit and wait. We weren't waiting for a grandiose attack by some big bad or the introduction of a new big bad. We were able to sit and focus on why we like Supernatural. And why do we like Supernatural? Not because of the big bads. Yes, they're cool. But that's not why we keep watching. We keep watching because, because of the emotional impact yeah. of the characters that we care about. Sam and Dean. And that's what Dab and the writing room chose to focus on for this season premiere. It was the emotional aftermath. They, they didn't worry about rushing us into the next story yes we had jack the nephilim he was the obvious tangible obstacle or dilemma for the episode because there's certain marks you have to you have to hit when you're writing an episode of television and that was there because that's how you write for tv however yeah. the focus wasn't that the focus was driving home the point of hopelessness and despair, making sure we truly understand what the theme of the season's going to be and I'm thinking right now of all the past season premieres, and I, I can't really pinpoint one that truly defined an emotional theme like this did. It was a home run in that aspect. Yeah. I, I feel ultimately not dealing with Castiel's death right away worked for the premiere. I know that some people, including ourselves, uh, were not too keen on how it was handled uh, during those during those closing moments of season 12 however I, I think the lack of emotional impact last season worked to kind of get things rolling yeah for this season so is that a, I, a I have minus? to give it an a all right Ooh. two a's so far don't fuck it up Thomas. <laughs> i agree i think that this episode was distinctly different from a lot of other premieres because of the emotional element how much they focused on that and how that is distinctly different from previous seasons especially you know 10 11 and 12 moving forward they were kind of part one and part two or even part three as far as season 10 was concerned and they set up things but we didn't really deal with the emotional fallout and looking back on it the season 12 premiere the emotional fallout of mary being back from the dead didn't hit like we would have really thought it would have by comparison to the season premiere with Castile's death, I think that 
it was incredibly well done to have an episode just be about the emotional fallout because that plays to the strengths that supernatural is about the characters and their relationships with each other and you don't need a big bombastic uh play song <laughs> premiere element to make the episode great what you need is just characters and moments that we will remember forever you know i think that season four's premiere with castiel first showing up is one of the most memorable season premieres. And I, I think that his funeral here is one of the most memorable as well. Completely different reasons, but it, it works so, so fucking well. Jack was a great introduction to his character, where things are going, and I loved the overall tone of this episode. Yeah. It, it resonated perfectly, and I think this is how Supernatural should work on its premieres moving forward, having it be that fallout, letting us emote and I think that's one thing that Supernatural does very well compared to other shows. A lot of shows like to shock us with stuff like Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Oh my god, I can't believe that person died. Game of Thrones is a little bit better. There are some times where characters will actually react to things. Right. But it's also laced with other shit going on. Tons of different characters. This episode was really two characters, more Dean than Sam even, reacting to this. His own little prayer towards to God who ignored him and i think the amount of relatable elements to this episode and potentially the season moving forward is a great setup i agree with mike 12 suffered for some reasons that we've gone into great detail about but i think it was trying to set up this clean slate season to give us what we've got now and i think so far with the last quarter of 12 and the beginning of 13 it's paid off so for me, this episode is also an A. I, I love the episode. Triple there A. There are very few that will make anybody cry as much as this one did. Yeah, this one for, definitely. Especially for the hardcore fans who have been with the show for since day one. You know, it's a huge thing. So now we're going to get into the upcoming episode. Ryan. No? No? Negative, <laughs> Ghost Rider. Uh, we need to wrap. Yeah, oh, yeah. are we? Oh, shit. Yeah, we're running way late. We're we way late. All right, well, then we're just going to talk about the upcoming episode next week. We want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to us, especially if you're on the East Coast. We know it's late there. <laughs> Make sure to like us on Facebook, Crossroads, Supernatural the Crossroads. <laughs> Check us out on Twitter, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs> Just like a silk, soft and cuddly, hug me up like a quilt. I'm a lyrical lover. Now take me thin or filled with my sexual physique. You know me well. Go ahead, yeah. go like ahead. I know the Thomas, fucking words to this Thomas, song. we're back on the air. Go ahead, sing. No. Go ahead, sing. Come on, karaoke. Come on, you That's can do it. as far as you're going to get. Come on. Sing, make you can use up. that drop, that me saying that word, Thomas and then is bombastic. splice it together. He is real spastic. Come on. Says the wrong words, doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> Listeners want to hear, Thomas. Come on. I don't know the words. I'm not singing just, it. Just make it up. Suck it. <laughs> Little maggot, you are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. Coming in November is the Crossroads Wayward Sisters edition. 
find out the latest breaking news and speculation surrounding the newly announced spinoff series. Available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to this, plus hours of additional content. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. She writes.